0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, we continue our anniversary month celebration with a program featuring Noah Hutchings and Kenneth Hill celebrating the ministry's anniversary all the way back in 2005. This Saturday and Sunday at the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Southwest Radio Ministries will present our Clarity to the Chaos Conference. Nationally known speakers will be there to help us make sense of all the nonsense that is around us. Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, Micah Van Hus, and Dr. Lonnie Shipman are just a few of the speakers that will be there. For a complete listing of speakers, topics, and to register, visit the events page of our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com, and click on Events. Now, let's celebrate 90 years by listening to Noah Hutchings and Kenneth Hill share their memories and thoughts on the anniversary of SWRC back in 2005.
1: I'm very pleased and privileged to have with us our Vice President today, Dr. Kenneth Hill from over Bristol, Tennessee. But I I think he's in Annapolis for some other reason. He's far removed from Bristol. But (laughs) nevertheless, I understand he still has his voice. Hi, Ken.
2: Hello, Noah. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things.
1: Amen.
2: I'm on the road doing some work for the Lord, trying to learn some new things, of course. And I will be back at home base before this program gets on the air. You know, folks sometimes don't understand that we have to record the program so they can hear it at the time that it's supposed to be aired on their local station. And so that gives me plenty of time to get home after we record it. One of the things I've always enjoyed about Southwest Radio Church is its immediacy, even though it's recorded. Now, in the early days, Noah, was it a recorded program?
1: No, it was online when I first came with the ministry. It started in 1933, April 1st, 1933, by the late Dr. E. F. Weber, who was called home to be with the Lord on August the 8th, 1959. But I'm not sure, back in 1933, they had such things as recorders. I know the first I saw was an old wire recorder, but weren't very good tape recorders come along after 1950, maybe a little before, but they were not in practical use until later. But it was an online program when I first came with Dr. E. F. Weber. It was a regional broadcast of about ten stations in Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, and maybe one up in Kansas, so it was called the Southwest Radio Church. He had a local church out on Northeast 23rd here in Oklahoma City and when he started his radio program daily he went on ktok here april 1st 1933 brought time daily and he had to call it something so he called it his radio church and it was a southwest entity so it became known as southwest radio church that doesn't mean that here on the radio we're baptizing people or serving communion but, you know, we are church to many people who can't go to church, and we supplement church programs.
2: Well, indeed, and you've done that since 1933. The, the mode of recording or presentation of the podcast has changed over the years. I know you were on telephone lines to the various stations back uh, when it began, and then uh, on to tape recording, reel-to-reel, cassette, and now CD and satellite is the way that the program is distributed.
1: Most stations get our program through uh, satellite now, and uh, we're also Internet. Our program is heard daily on the Internet. I don't want to undercut WHCB over there, but many people do listen to us on the Internet.
2: Well, the Internet is the fastest-growing part of the ministry, as I, as I understand, Noah. Uh, that's swrc.com on the Internet, and you've got all sorts of things going on there, and I want to talk about that. Why don't we do that right now? And then I want to get back to some of the history. You're actually doing some live programming on the Internet, too, aren't you?
1: Yes. We started off uh, doing a one-hour live program on Wednesday from 11 to 12 Central Standard Time, either one or two hours. We uh, hope to build this up, and if we do, we we'll, may uh, begin a live program every day. We, we can talk about things that are happening as we speak. So that's a great improvement and hopefully later on we can add a camera too, and they can see us if they want to or they if they don't have to, they don't have to look at the picture. But in any event, when you come to see me or become a more permanent part of the ministry, Ken, they'll see you on, on the internet also. Well, that might
2: be too scary for them right now, so we'll ease them into it. Let's talk a little bit more about the history of Southwest Radio Church Ministries. It started by Dr. E.F. Weber, but as you say, he lived until 1959. And at that time, his boys became involved in the ministry, didn't they?
1: Yes, had two sons, David and Charles. I wrote scripts for the ministry then. Uh, Everything was written out. And, of course, the younger son, Charles, he met an untimely... uh, death in uh, 1963, and David continued until 1988. He had some severe health problems, and David went home to be with the Lord, I believe it was this last July, I think it was 27th, and I uh, did part of the memorial service. But the Lord has kept me around for some reason, Ken, so I'm still here.
2: Well, we're glad you are. Now, Southwest Radio Church Ministries, in the early days when you came, I've heard you talk about some fantastic
0: sum of money
2: that you uh, wrote out as checks to uh, various mission agencies. There was a, a big push through the ministry to assist foreign missions at that time, wasn't there?
1: This has always been a missionary uh, outreach. I know Dr. F. Weber, even the days in propeller planes and single and twin seater He uh, would go to foreign mission fields, to Sudan, Ethiopia, China. In fact, when the Iron Curtain fell on Beijing, China, he caught the last plane out. Otherwise, he he wouldn't have got out. And so he was very involved in missions in China and Africa and all over the world. The first month I worked at Southwest Radio Church. I wrote a check to Sudan Interior Missions alone. One check for one month was $110,000. That would be be like a million dollars today. So where did all these Christians from Sudan come from? Many of them come from Southwest Radio Church maintaining mission stations in Sudan. And we had the African Inland Mission, the Belgian Congo Mission, the Nepal Border Mission, the China Inland Mission. At that time Time, Ken, you didn't have all these uh, cooperative mission programs where all the money went into one pot, one denomination, and then they doled it out. We supported direct, and every dollar that came in went to the mission field.
2: Well, I know you and I have uh, gone on mission trips together, and uh, you have conducted mission tours and trips to various places. Uh, That's been under the auspices of Southwest Radio Church. And I'll just be honest, I I said this at the time, this was several years ago, I have never heard you preach so beautifully, so wonderfully, and so completely about the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as I heard you speak when you preached in uh, a little place called Cumayagua, Honduras. Those people had never really heard the truth, they didn't really understand it until you explained it to them. It was fantastic.
1: We were down in Honduras. Our office uh, for Prophecyus of Biblicus was in Siguatepeque, and we went in that old World War II jeep that didn't have any brakes and one light over those horrendous mountain roads in the middle of the night. I still remember those rides. Wow. But, yeah, go over the mountains and through the jungles and those churches. My, my, my. What what a glorious time.
2: Well, it was a wonderful time, and, and we're still doing that through Southwest Radio Church, aren't we?
1: Certainly, we still go. Uh, you know, not too long ago, we were in Mongolia. I, I want to go back to Mongolia, you know. It's quite an experience to go live out on the Gobi Desert in tents, and... Uh, The people down there and uh, visit with the people and take God's word. We're trying to get every new Christian in Mongolia a Bible in their own language. That is just tremendous. We still go to Israel and Middle East. I hope to go back to Egypt. I want to do a uh, movie or video in Israel if we can scrape up the money to do it. The Lord willing. You know, Ken, a little over four years ago, when I had my last heart attack, you know, the doctor came into my room. He was a leading cardiologist. came in, looked at me, and said, I've seen all your charts and tests and everything. He said, there's absolutely nothing we can do for you. You've lived a long life. Go home. And he turned and walked out. Well, you know, that was over four years ago. Mm -hmm. I've been on my... Mission trips and uh, Bible tours since then, uh, written three books, did over 1,200 more programs. And I still work 10 hours a day.
2: Yeah, the Lord wasn't finished with you yet, Noah, and he's not finished with the, the work of Southwest Radio Church Ministries either. And that's one reason why we remind folks of the anniversary time, and this is anniversary month here at Southwest Radio Church Ministries, and you might want to give us a call, 1-800-652-1144, with a gift to Southwest Radio Church in celebration of this anniversary time. We want also folks to go to the webpage, because if they go to the webpage, they'll be able to see lots of things. There's about 200 pages involved in this webpage. You can take a look at books, you can take a look at videos, you can take a look at ministry items, you can read the Statement of Faith, you can read the letter from Noah for the month. There are all sorts of things that you can see there. There's even archived broadcasts there and live broadcasts there once a week. So go to swrc.com to find the webpage, swrc.com, or call 1-800-652-1144 for more information. Noah, as we celebrate this momentous occasion of 55th year of ministry for you and what kind of things are on the horizon what's out there motivating you now to continue to preach the gospel which was once delivered to the saints
1: well ken you know back to my uh, heart attack bypass in 1988 i did try to resign from the ministry uh, three times but the board called me back three times to uh, save the ministry. And last time it was so much difficulty to come back and rebuild the ministry. I I just thought, law me alive. I can't go on doing this. So I said, well, I'll just stay here. The Lord calls me home. And I'm just doing what I've always done, preach the word and contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. You know, I think presenting the true word of God the Bible as the preserved Word of God, His message, the salvation of souls, and to fight the ravening wolves here who are rising up within Christendom these last days trying to steal the sheep, I think that's a pretty full time job.
2: <laughs> it sounds like one. You have to have some help, though, don't you?
1: Certainly, and we appreciate your help and uh, the help here at staff and those who listen to the program. You know, we've never had denominational support, meaning that no major denomination takes us on to support us. No major foundation, 90% of the funds it takes to operate a ministry like this comes only from those who listen. And whoever pays the piper calls the tune. And we listen only to those who support this ministry. We're not obligated to anyone else but to the Lord for the program and for this ministry. And you know, it gets kind of difficult at times to go in debt two hundred and fifty thousand dollars first of every month without the promise or no signed pledges. It's just a work of faith. Some write in and say, Well why you ask for money if you had any faith you just wait on the Lord to send it. Well, I would ask the listeners how much faith would they have to go in debt $250,000 first of every month without any pledges or any concrete promise of any funds. So, you know, our largest fund drive of the year is our gleaning offering, Brother Ken. And you know, what happened this year when we sent out our gleaning offering?
2: Well, let's you? say you probably had a fantastic response.
1: We had a dismal response.
2: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Because it was to reach our supporters between December the 25th and January the 1st. Do you know what happened then?
2: Let's see, there was a little disturbance. In fact, it was a major disturbance over in the Pacific, wasn't there?
1: It was. And uh, it was the earthquake and tsunami... And I think most people's attention was directed to the uh, disaster over in Southeast Asia as a result of that earthquake and tsunami.
2: Uh, As a result, then, we must have seen a decrease in the giving.
1: Less than half. Mm. So uh, we went into the uh, year with a deficit, and we've had some financial problems. I just want everyone on our mailing list to please read the letter that I've sent you. This is our anniversary letter. Just read it and pray over it and do what the Lord wants you to do and what he enables you to do. You know, Ken, I'm just praying that out of the uh, about 40,000 who get our letter, that 10,000 of them will send an offering of $100 or more and that would get us out of the present financial problems that we have. Now that would be one in four who gets the letter to send a $100. Now there may be many out there who are not on our mailing list and maybe you've listened to the program or, or you wanna help us. Maybe you have a $100 to send to help us reach our goal. But my, you know, that would really, really give us a push we had to purchase a new printing press, you know, because Hearthstone went out of business because so many small publishers are going out of business. So we're having to assume that also if we want to continue publishing our books. And you know how many requests we get for our literature, Ken?
2: Oh, I know. It's a, it's a multitude of requests every day. And for example, there are a number of books that I know that are in our book list that are either out of print or will soon be out of print as time goes on. And so they're going to have to
1: be reprinted. That is true, and all that costs money. Mm -hmm. And our radio stations have to be paid. And, you know, it takes a staff here to write the books, answer the phones, take care broadcasting and all all of that we have a staff of about 25 or 26 those needs have to be met also considering the scope of our ministry I I think we operate very carefully as far as money is concerned you know Ken I have to maintain a house of five million dollars and a personal staff of 15 in my house
2: I know better than that, my friend. I have spent nights in your home. I I know better than that. I do know, however, as well, Noah, that the uh, number personnel are are, uh, quite a number fewer than we used to have. When I came on board in uh, 1993 uh, on the board and came on to help a little bit, the staff was greater in number. It's been uh, pared down by quite a bit, and yet the costs are there and the needs are there. I would encourage folks to give a special gift, $100 or more, that sounds pretty good to me, Uh, but to give a special gift of whatever amount the Lord would place on their heart uh, to support Southwest Radio Church Ministries as we enter uh, into this new year and we celebrate this anniversary month right now.
1: I would like to get up to Detroit for a conference. You know, we have a tremendous listening ship in the uh, Detroit area, and we haven't been up there in several years, so all you listeners up in Detroit, we're gonna to try to get up see you one of these days. Also, you've been asking me about coming back to Bristol.
2: Absolutely, we want you to come.
1: We need to go back out to Eastern Tennessee area. We've always had a large uh, support from Eastern Tennessee, also in the Nashville area. We want to get out your way as soon as possible. People out in California want us to come back out for a three-day conference out there. But there are just so many so many places to go, Ken.
2: Well, and we can only do what we can do and what the Lord gives us the direction to do. And Southwest Radio Church Ministries has been doing as the Lord has directed now all these years. And, Noah, I just say congratulations on your tenure just praise the Lord for the work that Southwest radio Church Ministries continues to do in the lives of the listeners.
1: I've had an interesting life. I've been extremely blessed. Many missions, many experiences, written many books, many friends, traveled a long ways from Southeast Oklahoma through the Depression, World War II, through this ministry, all my tours and missions. You know, all those are in the book, Ken, as it is in the days of Noah. Yeah, and
2: Meaning- that's one of those books that I highly recommend to anybody that wants to know about the Christian life. Because throughout that book, you portray how the Lord has led you. Sometimes it's pretty funny, and sometimes it's pretty serious. Throughout it all, it presents the truth that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation, and that he, that is, the Lord God himself will guide us if we submit ourselves to him.
1: But there's one thing about the book, Ken, nobody has ever sent it back and asked for their money, asked (laughs) for a refund. (laughs) So I guess it's doing all right out there, and you can still get a copy if you send an anniversary offering to this ministry.
3: Thank you, Brother Hutchings. The phone number is 1-800-652-1144, or visit our Internet website, swrc.com. This is Jerry Giltner, announcer for the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. I'll be bringing you today's Bible in the News report. Even before all its member nations have ratified the organization's constitution, the European Union is flexing its political muscles. The EU has issued a warning to Iran that it could feel the brunt of the United Nations Security Council unless it foregoes its quest to make nuclear arms. We're quoting now from abcnews.com, story posted on the Internet March 11, 2005. Quote, With talks stalled, the European Union is warning Iran that it could face UN Security Council action unless it agrees to scrap a technology that can be used to make nuclear arms, according to a confidential document obtained Wednesday by the Associated Press. We shall have no choice but to support referring Iran's nuclear program to the UN Security Council, says the document, reflecting the state of play of negotiations between Iran and Germany, France and Britain on behalf of the European Union. The document, which is meant to inform the 25 EU member nations on the talks, says that the negotiations are moving in the right direction on some issues, but it suggests differences persist, on Iran's uranium enrichment program, saying both sides have strongly held positions on this difficult issue which remains at the core of negotiations. Asked about the phrasing a Western diplomat familiar with the talks confirmed that the two sides remained deadlocked. The Europeans are demanding that Iran scrap the technology or agree to a permanent freeze, the diplomat said on condition of anonymity. But Tehran continues to insist that it has the right to enrichment, which can be used either to generate power or make the core of nuclear missiles. The United States has pushed for more than two years to have Iran referred to the Security Council for alleged violation of the Non-Proliferation Treaty, arguing nearly two decades of covert activities discovered in 2002 were geared toward making weapons. Close quotes. Nuclear weapons in the hands of any country that may not have the resolve to use them only as a last resort poses a real threat to the world, and there is evidence in the prophetic scriptures that it is possible nuclear devices may be used during the tribulation period. We read, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. That's from Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12. Does that not sound like what happens in a nuclear blast?
0: We've been listening to a 2005 program featuring Noah Hutchings and Kenneth Hill celebrating the then 72nd anniversary of Southwest Radio Ministries. Today, we're asking all of those listening that have been blessed by this radio program to consider giving a gift in honor of our 90th anniversary. Whether it's a book we have published, a DVD we've produced, a conference you've attended, or a radio program you've heard, would you consider honoring the ministry with a gift of $90? $90 for our 90th anniversary. Your tax-deductible gift will help ensure we can stay on the air and continue to produce programs and resources that bring clarity to the chaos and remind the world that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Please call with your gift today, 1-800-652-1144. You may also show your support through our website, swrc.com. Thank you. Back to answer another important Bible question, here's Pastor Larry. Pastor Larry, why did Jesus command silence regarding his Messianic ministry?
4: In Matthew 16 verses 13 through 20, there was a discussion about the real identity of Jesus. Some said he is John the Baptist, some that he is Elijah or Jeremiah. Then Jesus asked, but whom say ye that I am? Peter had the right answer. It had been revealed to him by God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Christ means the Messiah, the one who would come and rescue the Jewish people and nation from foreign oppression. And Jesus accepted that designation. He affirmed his messianic identity. But then in verse 20 we read, Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Messiah. The question then is, why did Jesus want his messianic identity concealed? Well, some say Jesus told them to be quiet about this because Jesus did not know that he was the Messiah, and he was being cautious about his identity. I think that is not the correct answer. Jesus knew precisely who he was and even praised Peter for speaking the truth. Jesus did not want to be labeled Israel's Messiah because he was not yet ready to fulfill that role. Something had to happen first, Calvary. Yes, Jesus would deliver Israel, but that was many centuries in the future. Jesus would not let his disciples forget what was coming quickly. In Matthew 16, verse 21, we read, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Yes, Jesus is indeed the Messiah, but Calvary was first.
0: Today we're asking all of those listening that have been blessed by this radio program to consider giving a gift in honor of our 90th anniversary. Would you consider honoring this ministry with a gift of $90? $90 for our 90th anniversary. Your tax-deductible gift will help ensure that we can stay on the air and continue to produce programs and resources. Please call with your gift today, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow we wrap up the week with a unique program that will combine the past with the present. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners just like you. Visit swrc.com.